Amen. You may be seated. Uh, today we are continuing our series in the book of James by talking about God works. And I think one of the, uh, one of the greatest, I guess, determining factors in a person being a good witness for the Lord or probably one of the greatest indicators that a person is a follower of Jesus uh, comes down to one very simple thing. And so I'm just going to, if you want to find out if somebody is a, a believer, if you look at somebody and say, you know, that's a guy, when I look at him, I say, that, that is a guy who is a follower of God. What is one of the number, one of the top indicators to you that a person is a follower of Christ? Just as a, a curiosity, what do you all have to say? Maybe just a couple little answers here. Nothing. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that amazing? Now, what do you, it, to me, and I'll just go ahead and fill in because I, I know it's so early, the early service, and y'all aren't awake yet. Probably one of the top indicators that a person is a follower of God is just the way they live. You know, the way they live their life. And I think for so many people, especially today when, it, when we talk about matters of faith, I really believe that most of us just, we don't want to hear uh, what a person has to say about their faith. And not that there's anything wrong with that. But what we want to see is how a person lives their faith. We want verification that the way a person lives gives a true indication of to whom they belong. And I was just thinking a couple of weeks ago whenever uh, bin Laden was taken out. And I remember one of the very first things people wanted to see after that is people wanted, they wanted verification that it really happened. Uh, they wanted to see proof. And I think in a similar sense when it comes to matters of faith, when people talk about faith, they say, you know what, I don't want to just hear what you have to say. I, I want to see it. I want to see how it affects your life, not just on Sundays, but I want to find out how it affects your faith Monday through Saturday, or affects your life Monday through Saturday. And today in our scripture, we're going to see James addressing the authenticity of a person's faith. Talking about, you know, whether or not a person really belongs to God. And that's something that I want you to consider today in your own life. Is, is, is my faith authentic? Is my faith something that is real? Because nothing is more, than, more of a turnoff to a person when they see somebody say one thing and then see them live their life in a totally different manner. And that's not just something that is detrimental to your reputation. Guys, it is detrimental when we live like that to the cause of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm, just, that I'm preaching at you today. This is, the book of James is convicting for me. And when I look in the Scripture, I understand, you know, this is stuff that I've got to apply to my life as well. And so if you have your Bible, you can look with me in James. We're going to go to chapter 2. So James chapter 2, and look with me in verse number 14. And again, if, you're, if you haven't figured out where James is yet, you can go all the way to the right of your Bible and turn left a little bit, a little bit and you're going to get to the book of James. But this section of Scripture we're going to look at in a few moments has caused a lot of confusion to a lot of people and the reason why, especially for Christians, is because the Apostle Paul had written some letters before, and he said, when you come into a relationship with God, you come to know God, or you come into a relationship with Him, he says, by faith alone. Have you all heard that before? He said, you have your faith in Jesus, he says, that guarantees that you belong to God. And then you get to the book of James, and the book of James is different. And you begin to read the book of James, and James basically says... Hey, it's not just faith, he says, it's also by what you do. It's by the way that you live your life. And so Christians over the centuries have been confused about this, and we say, well, what's, 
I mean, are James and Paul, are they in disagreement with each other? Is, is one of them right and another one wrong? And then that's not a bad question, but the fact is both of them are right. So how can that be? We have to understand the context in which they were writing. And I'm giving you all a little history here. I hope I don't bore you. But when Paul was writing, you have to understand the audience to whom he was writing. He was writing to Jewish people who were saying, if I'm going to be right with God, there are certain rules and regulations that I've got to follow. And so Paul wrote them and said, that's not it. He said, it's not by what you do that gets you into God's good favor. He said, it's by having faith in Christ alone. Trusting Him. Does that make sense to you all? Kind of? Okay, well, then here's James. This is where James comes in. James is writing to a group of people who were the exact opposite. They were people probably more like the people in the second service. You know, they were morally lax. And so their, uh, their whole idea was uh, not rules and regulations. They were thinking this. They were thinking, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter how you live. It really doesn't. Only thing you've got to do, you just believe in Jesus and everything's cool. That's all there is. And so then James comes along. He says, you guys are crazy. He said, it's more than that. He said, it's not just saying the right thing. He said, it is living the right way. And I think Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 sums it up pretty well for us. It says, for by grace are you saved through, what does it say? It says, through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by, it says, works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good, what is it? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I like that, those verses because it's a, it's a mix of both. It says it's, it's faith is involved, trusting God, but then works, the way you live, are also involved that demonstrate authentic faith. So how do, how do we determine that we're truly followers of Jesus? James shares with us some ways you can know you've got the real thing when it comes to matters of faith. And I want to point out to you just four, four basic, I guess, lessons about real faith that I think we all need to know. And the very first lesson about real faith, or the first way you can know that your faith is authentic, this is what you have to understand about faith. First of all, real faith is not something you say. Real faith is not something you say. If you look with me back in verse number 14, it says... What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Too many times we've reduced Christianity to, to words, you know, to, to what we have to say. Sometimes we, we think belonging to God is sort of like a contest. It's like, you know, I'm on jeopardy, and if I can answer more questions about the Bible than you, then I'm set. I'm, in, I'm a good. You know, if I can take a theology class in seminary and I can make an A because of my knowledge about the Bible, then that means that, that everything is fine with me. But here's what we have to understand. Our faith is more than just simply having knowledge. It's more than me being able to say the right things, knowing the Bible. Verse 14 says this. It says, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds, can that kind of faith save him? Can that kind of faith put him in good standing with God? And this is a rhetorical question that's being asked, and the obvious answer here is no. A person's, what a person says does not make them right with God. 
If you say the right things, that doesn't necessarily mean that you belong to God. It's all in the application of faith. If a person has been touched by God and they surrender themselves to follow Jesus, your life will be different. The way you live will change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It says, The old is gone, behold, the new has come. It is impossible to say you've surrendered your life to God, and yet your life not be different in the way you live. It's impossible. If I were to tell you all that for the last ten years, I have worked out 20 hours a week lifting weights. And I've taken protein powder, taken all these supplements in order to build more body mass, muscle mass. Would you guys believe me? And my guess is, okay, you don't have to laugh, but my guess is that most of you would not believe me because you could, why? You can look at me. I mean, does it look like I've got body mass? I mean, absolutely not. Now, I might be able to say the right things about how to get bigger, but that doesn't mean I get bigger just because I talk about it. What do I have to do? I have to start lifting. I have to do the things that I'm talking about. And the same idea is true concerning matters of faith. Now, I know a lot of people who can talk a big game spiritually. They can talk about how much they know about the Bible. There's people I know who say, I can't remember the last time that I missed church. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But if you want to find out how much of a difference their faith has made in their lives, there's only one thing you've got to do. Look at the way they live lives. If you want to find out where you are, look at how you live your life. You see, authentic faith is more than talk. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in Matthew seven twenty one. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So not everyone who says it, not enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. James is teaching here that real faith is not just what you say. It involves more than that. So what can we learn about real faith? Well, first of all, it's, it's not something you just say. Another lesson we can learn about authentic faith is this. Real faith isn't something you feel. You know, real faith is not, is not something that you just feel. In verse 15, it says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothing or clothes and daily food. And if one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, James gives an illustration here of a guy who's in need of shelter and who's in need of, of food and warmth and all these different things. And, and a guy notices he's in trouble and he walks up to him and says, Man, I see, I see you're suffering. I see that you're in pain. Now, it was great that this man notices that. You know, we live in a time where we're so jaded that it's real easy to pass by people and not notice that people are hurting. And so he, he sees the man's in need. That was a great thing. But then he walks up to him and he says this. He says, uh, you know, go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed. Now, that's I, I, he noticed the problem. He, he was specific. But how is that statement going to be helpful to the man that he's speaking to? It's only going to be helpful if he does what? If he gets him like a blanket and something to eat. Now, and according to our text, he just simply said that and then walked off. Now, is that kind of, is that kind of faith making a difference in anybody's life? 
Now, for the guy who's in need, he'd have to say, well, it's not really doing me any good. Now, there's nothing wrong with having feelings and empathizing with people and seeing where they are. That is, a, that is a great thing. I mean, God made us with emotions. He made us to feel. But those emotions and that empathy don't mean anything until it moves us to action. You know, if you slam your hand in the car door after the service today, and I walk up to you and go, man, that looks like that hurts. I hate that for you. And then I just walk off. Is that going to help you any? No, it's, it's, it's only going to help you if I go in and I get a bag of ice and maybe a towel and just put it on your hand. Then you might say, well, that's something that's a little bit helpful for me. What I like is what First John three seventeen through 18 says. It says, dear children... Let us not love with words and tongue, but with action and truth. I've always been skeptical of feelings. And, uh, yeah, and the reason why is because feelings are so, they're so up and down. And the, some, some people's feelings, I mean, it's like a roller coaster ride. And if you base your decision off of your feelings, man, you can get in trouble. And, and for me, you know, there's some days when, there's some days when I feel good. There's other days when I'm, I don't feel all that great. There's some days when I can be gracious and other days when I don't feel like being gracious. Uh, some days when I'm in a good mood and other days when I'm not. So if I base my decisions off my emotions, I'm going to be tremendously inconsistent. And yet what's a shame is there's a lot of people who base their faith off how they feel. You know, what, what their emotions are. You know, there are times when you can come into the church and you can have... You can have a, a, an emotional experience where you can, where you just, you know, you feel the music speaks to you or something said and it touches your heart and you, and you leave here all gung ho about God and it's really good and then you get in the car and you're going to San Jose's and some moron cuts you off. And, and, and then you're like, I mean, you are ready to get right on top of them. You're going to rip their head off. Now you just had an emotional feeling at church, but did it, did it affect your actions? Not, not really. And that's why I'd have to say that there's got to be more to faith than just simply your emotions. And, and I find myself getting caught up in the same type of trap as well at times. I mean, I can be moved by, by something I watch on television or a movie and yet not have compassion for what maybe one of my neighbors is going through. John MacArthur, a pastor, said this. He said, in our artificial, self-centered world... Fantasy often becomes more meaningful than reality. Man, if that's true about our faith, guys, let me tell you, that, that faith is worth nothing. So, so what's real faith? Well, it's not just something you say. It's not something you feel. The next thing I want you to see is real faith isn't something you just believe. It's kind of interesting. Real faith isn't just something you believe. Now look with me in verses 18 and 19. It says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. A lot of people have, have said over time that if you believe in God, you're good. That's all it takes. Uh, no, over 90% of our world's population believes that there's a God. Over 95% of Americans believe in Jesus. Now, is that a good thing when we go around and we ask people, do you believe? Is that a good thing? I think that's a pretty good starting point to say that we believe. But the, the unfortunate thing is many of us say that if we believe, then that puts us in good standing with God. 
And that, again, to me, I, I read that and I think, well, that, that sounds very good. But then verse number 19 throws a curve and just sort of messes me up about belief. And if you look in verse number 19, it tells us that even the demons believe. If, it, yeah, that is, isn't that interesting? Even the demons believe that there's a God. Now, if belief is all that it takes to put us in good standing with God, logically, you'd have to look at this verse and say, then that means that the demons are in good standing with God, right? You'd have to say that because they believe in God. Now, there's nothing wrong with believing. That the Jewish creed for their faith is found in Deuteronomy 6.4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. That's their belief. That's their creed. But it's followed up with Deuteronomy 6.5, which says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The point that James is making here is that belief in the truth of Deuteronomy 6.4 doesn't mean anything until you apply Deuteronomy 6.5. Now, the devil and his demons believe that there is a God. Are, are they go- That's right. Now, are they, go- are they going to go to heaven? Are they going to go to heaven? Is the devil going to be in heaven, guys? No, why not? He believes. He's not going to be there because he doesn't love God. It's one thing to know the right thing. It is a totally different thing to apply it to your life. You know what the word believe means? The word believe means to trust in. It means to cling to, to rely upon, to commit yourself completely. Now, yeah, I, 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 believe, I believe in Hitler. I think he's a real person. Does that mean I'm a Nazi? <laughs> no. Because I don't, I don't cling to him. Now, I, I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus. I have placed my hope in him. You see, our faith is more than just head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. And a lot of people are going to miss out on a relationship with God in heaven by 18 inches. You know, the distance between your head and your heart. A lot of us are going to miss out on that. Real faith is more than simply saying, I believe. When I was a kid, my, my sister, who's older than I am, we would play games together. One of the games she always liked to play was you know, the trust game where I would stand up and she would get behind me and she'd say, do you trust that I'll catch you? And I'd say, yes. And then I'm supposed to fall back and she's going to catch me. Now, because she was three, well, over three years older than me, I was always nervous about that game because I always thought this would be a great time for her to get me back. And my sister, when, she, when we were younger, she used to beat the thunder out of me. And so we'd play this game, and I'd say, do you believe, you believe I'll catch you? And I'd sit there and I'd say, yes. And I, we'd go over and over again. And I would stand there forever saying, I believe she's going to catch me. But when did I demonstrate that I had, that I had trust and belief that she'd catch me? This was when I, when I fell back, right? Whenever I just let go and fell back. It was then that I demonstrated or put into action my faith. I mean, now, I can talk about it all day long, but it's not real until I fall back. And in essence, that's what James is teaching here. We need to move beyond head knowledge to putting our faith into practice. Now, now what, is, what is real faith? Well, it's not something you say. It's not something you feel. It's not even something you believe. Now, here, here it is. What is real faith? Real faith is something you do. Real faith is something you do. Look with me and let's see verse 20. It says, You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his, and his faith was made complete 
Y'all notice this? By what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled and says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did. When she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. You know, there are times when I will talk to people about the church or a church or I'll invite them into the church and I'll say, you know, I'm, that sounds great. I'm not that interested because there's just too many hypocrites at the church. And, and because of my nature, when people say stuff like that, I, I, have, I always have, this might surprise you, I always have a smart aleck response, like just right on the tip of my tongue. Now, before I tell you, I won't even tell you what they are, but I have to be honest with you, I understand what they're saying when they say stuff like that. You see, what they, what's, what's going on is they know somebody who proclaims to be a believer, a follower of Jesus, and yet they're an absolute jerk Monday through Saturday. And they're like, I don't want to be around people like that. That's why my goal is only to be a jerk Monday through Wednesday. I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, so there's people who are, who are hypocritical, and it's a big turnoff for people. You see, I really think this. I think people are tired of talk, and people are ready for action. And, and James gives us a couple of examples of faith in action. He talks about, first of all, Abraham. Y'all remember Abraham? He had a son named Isaac. God said, it's through Isaac that I will make a great nation out of you and your people. Now, he only had, this, was, this was his only hope. And then, but God threw him a, a, a curveball and says, I want you to go sacrifice your son Isaac on a mountaintop. This is where Isaac had, I mean, Abraham had to, he had to put his money where his mouth is. And y'all, I don't, I don't understand the whole idea of sacrifice right here, so I'm not going to act like I do. I just know what God called him to do. And so Abraham had a choice. So do I, do I be obedient to God, or do I just say, I don't trust him anymore? What did, I, what did Abraham do? He built an altar. He put his son Isaac on it. And he had faith, according to our book, and according to the book of Hebrews as well, he had faith that even if God had to raise his son from the dead, that God would keep his promise. He had faith to put it in action. Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Sort of an interesting lady to be talking about as a lady of faith. But whenever Israel was getting ready to invade or come into the promised land, she was a lady who lived in Jericho. And some spies came to her house and she hid the spies out. She kept them safe because she believed God was with them. And she said, I need to be on their side. She put her faith into action. And because of it, God spared her. God took care of her. I read a statement I like about faith. It says this, Our faith is not determined by what we do. It is demonstrated by what we do. Years ago, there's a famous tightrope walker named George Blunt. I think he's Blondine. And uh, he walked across the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. And you know, everybody knew if he fell, that more than likely he's going to die. And so thousands of people show up to watch this guy, and he, he begins to walk across Niagara Falls. He gets to the middle. He's sort of shaky, and then he makes it all the way across. He gets to the other side, and everybody's cheering. He says, I'm going to do it again. He turns back around. He walks across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. He says, I'm going to do it again. He grabs a wheelbarrow, fills it with dirt, and he pushes it all the way across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. When he gets to the other side, I mean, people are amazed. And one guy yells out and says, I believe you could do this all day. He dumps out the dirt and he says, hop in. Now, now if, the, if the guy, if the guy is going to demonstrate his faith in Blondine, what did he have to do? He had to get in the wheelbarrow. 
He didn't, by the way, but he had to get in the wheelbarrow if he was going to demonstrate it. And the same thing is true with Jesus. Yeah, it, man, we can stand here all day long. I can tell you all day long, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus has the power to heal. I believe that Jesus can change your life. But if I'm really going to see stuff like that happen and I'm going to prove my faith, I have to be in the wheelbarrow with Jesus. Now, do you really, and don't answer out loud, but do you really believe in Jesus? Do you believe what Scripture says about him? Because if you do, then you need to examine your actions. Let's see, do my actions back up what I say I believe in? Do you believe Jesus is the Savior of the world? If you do, who are you sharing Jesus with? Do you believe Jesus has power to heal? you believe that? If you do, who are you praying for? Do you believe it when Jesus says that you're to love your neighbor as yourself? If you believe that, what's your relationship with your neighbor? You see, I, I don't want to just be, and this, y'all, that's convicting for me as well, but I, I don't want to just be a, a hearer of the Word of God. I want to be a doer of the Word of God. You see, if you and I truly love Jesus, we're going to be obedient to what He says. That's why Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, he said, you will obey what I command. Now, in light of all this, can you determine by the way you live, not by what you say, but the way you live, that you are a follower of Jesus? You know, what changes can you point to in your life? You say, you know, the, I, man, I can look at my life and I can see by my actions, by the way I've changed over time, that I belong to God. What is it in your life that you can point to? Now, some of you might say, man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I stand with God. I'm not sure what my relationship is with Him. I think I'm a pretty good person, but I'd like to be confident. Here's the great thing. You, can't, you can know for certain that you belong to God. Well, how do we do that? We call out to Him. We call out to Him in belief that, that He is true to His Word. And we call out to Him and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I am calling out to you to rescue my life. Now, some of you might need to do that today. And I'd encourage you to do that. You can just simply pray that to the Lord or something like it to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I'm calling out to you. I am asking for you to rescue me. But, you know, there are others of us, and, and, and we are believers. Guys, it is time for us to be real in our faith. To make sure that, that we're not just talking talking a good game, that we're not just living a good game on Sunday, but that our lives are different Monday through Saturday. Because we have a world that is looking for truth. And we have the truth of Jesus to share. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are, we are grateful for the simplicity of the book of James. God, I, I am just, you know, I, I, really like, I really like this book because I can understand it so easily. And Lord, when James tells us, I mean, it's time for us to get real in our faith. God, I pray that you, will, that you will touch our hearts, God, that you will pierce our hearts and help us come to a place where we, where we just say, Oh God, help me to be real in my walk with you because I believe people are looking for authenticity. God, may Village Church be a church that puts its money where its mouth is. God, as we are obedient to you, I believe that we will see the blessings and the power and the strength of God 
Lord, may this be a church that is full of power because, Lord, we are real with you. Because we trust you, we believe you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.